When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they had spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which was just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angels had given him before he was conceived. This is the word of God. wondering if the gentleman of the baptism party picked up on that last verse there what happened at Jewish christening ceremonies it's a good job we are having that bible reading after the baptism or there'd be a few worried people in the audience this morning Over Christmas, you have probably seen the um, advert at Sainsbury's, which recalls the, um, the ceasefire in the trenches in the First World War 100 years ago at Christmas. It's interesting, isn't it, how there have been so many people saying things like, that didn't really happen, or it didn't happen like that. Um, interesting how the, the myths of war become so legendary in their status. And I want to um, draw our attention this morning to a different First World War myth at the Battle of Mons. At the Battle of Mons, the English forces were outnumbered by Germans three to one. And the story has it that a number of eyewitnesses told that they had seen angels in the sky holding back the German forces. Miraculously, the battle turned around and the English soldiers managed to fight back and cause quite a lot of damage among German ranks. Some people said this was just a myth that didn't happen. And somebody wrote a story in the paper saying that it was uh, a heroic retelling of a kind of evoking the spirit of St. George to bring these bowmen into the sky to fight for the English troops. And he wrote, whatever the truth of this story, the fact is that if we believe God is on our side, that gives us great hope. If we believe that God is on our side, we have great hope. So I want to turn the clock back now to Bethlehem, 2,000 years before the Battle of Mons, on a hillside where an angelic host appeared to some shepherds in the course of their working night, bringing that message that there is hope because God is on humanity's side. We join our reading at the stage where the angels have gone, but they have been told, they have told the shepherds to go into the town, into Bethlehem, where they will find Mary, Joseph, and the baby. Those of you who were here on Christmas morning uh, will remember that Ben said how very difficult it is 
to do a Christmas sermon because most of us, uh, if we've been to church over Christmas, will have heard at least one sermon every year of our lives on the Christmas story. What new can there possibly be to say? What could I possibly tell you that you haven't heard before? Probably very little. So I'm going to share with you this morning some thoughts that I've had as I have read this passage. And we're going to pause and think about where these things may relate to us. And we're going to pray as we go along. So no dramatic exegesis this morning, just some nice reflection and time for you to think about your life and to think about where God might fit into that. It's funny, isn't it, how many of our assumptions about the Christmas story come from carols. The Bible tells us that Jesus was laid in a manger and suddenly we extrapolate that to being a stable with animals of various kinds, which is a good job, otherwise most people in nativity plays wouldn't have a role to play. Um, So that's good. But um, one of the songs I was thinking about says something about leaving their flocks drawn eye with holy fear. And I thought, did they actually leave their sheep behind? Are we told what happened to these sheep So I want us to imagine for a moment that they did leave their sheep behind. My friend Helen is a sheep farmer, and I was asking her about this. I said, do you leave your sheep in the fields? And she, like, as if I was mad, yes, I leave my sheep all the time in the fields. Um, (laughs) And um, it's interesting, isn't it, that it was deemed necessary to have a shepherd looking after sheep at night maybe protecting them from hustlers or wolves. We don't know, but for whatever reason, sheep seem to be a precious commodity worth guarding. Apparently, sheep uh, live for about eight years. That's quite an investment, actually. Sam is, what, four? So that's twice as long as Sam's life you might invest in a sheep. To just leave them behind prey to wolves is actually quite a big thing. As we come to the end of 2014, I wonder what you might be leaving behind as we move into a new year. You might be leaving something behind that it hurts you to leave. You might be actually glad to see the back of 2014. I just want you to think for a moment about what you might be leaving behind, what God might be asking you to leave behind, or what life might be making you leave behind in 2014. Just in a moment of quiet, let's bring that to God. Father, just as the shepherds left something that was precious to them in your safekeeping, we bring those things to you that we can't control, and we leave them in your safekeeping, knowing that there is no better place to be. Amen. I did wonder, you know, whether they took the sheep with them. I reckon the road into Bethlehem probably wasn't, uh, well, it wouldn't have been a tarmac vehicle kind of place, would it? 
it probably would have been quite normal to drive a few sheep along it at times. And I did wonder if they may have taken their sheep along with them. The next picture we've got is of uh, Milan. There was some kind of protest where sheep farmers took all of their sheep into the city centre, and here it is, crammed with sheep. The shepherds may well have taken their sheep along with them. I wonder what you are taking into this new year. I wonder what those things are that you carry with you. They may be difficult things, things you wish you could leave behind. They may be wonderful, exciting things that you're just thinking, yeah, bring it on. Whatever those things are that you are taking with you into the new year, just name them in the silence before God. Father, we thank you that as we journey with you, you are very present. You're not a passive spectator to our journey of life. And we bring to you those things that we carry with us, the burdens that we don't know what to do with and we wish we could ditch. We bring you the lovely things that we carry with us, the love of others, family, friends, all the wonderful things in the world around us. And we offer those to you and pray that you would make us grateful. Amen. Then we're told the shepherds hurried off and they found Mary, Joseph and baby Jesus in a manger. I was kind of wondering how they did this. Did they kind of walk around going, has anyone got a baby in a manger around here? I mean, how does one find a random baby in a crazily busy city? But they did. They found this baby with his family in a manger. God in a manger. I wonder where you encounter God. I know that for Sam and his family, they're members of Messy Church, and they come along, and in the family of that Messy Church, they grow in their faith. And for many of us here today, it's 1030 Congregation will be the place where we encounter God. Sometimes we encounter God alone, but more often than not, we encounter God in one another. Just want to give you a moment now to give thanks for one another. You might want to look, turn around and look at everyone. Look at all the people here. I dare say the vast majority of people in this room will at some point have enabled you to encounter God. Just in the silence, let's give thanks for a particular face that caught your mind as you looked around. Father, we thank you for the family of faith. We thank you for one another. We thank you that we don't journey alone. Father, I pray that you would bless this fellowship, that they would grow together in your love, and together they would know you better so as to better make you known. Amen. The shepherds made known what had been told to them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what they'd been told. It's a pretty amazing story. If somebody said to you, do you know what? Last night I saw all these angels in the sky and they told me 
that I had to come here because I'd find something. And you know what? When I came, I found it. That's amazing enough. But the thing that they found was God. And God is amazing. Jesus Christ is amazing. I wonder what you have seen Jesus do in your life or in the lives of people around you or those you've heard of. I just want you to think of something amazing about Jesus and what he's done. And perhaps you could share that with one another over coffee, just like the shepherds went off and told people what they had encountered. Father, please don't let us lose the wonder of who you are and what you've done. Keep our hearts soft and keep us full of amazement at who you are, so amazed that we have to tell others. Amen. It's interesting, isn't it, that um, women seem to like babies. Women get a bit gooey over babies. Quite often, we can generalize perhaps here, and I apologize if you're a woman who doesn't like babies. Um, but what I love about this story is the way that the shepherds are these hard-working men and they go looking for a baby. And look at this beautiful picture of when they find him. They're just looking with, wow, isn't this baby great? I think that's a really beautiful picture. I wonder if you've had the opportunity this Christmas to just sit and gaze at Jesus, to just sit and think, wow, Lord, aren't you wonderful? Isn't this wonderful? This story we've heard so many times isn't it amazing? I'd like to challenge you perhaps to go home and to read the accounts in Scripture again of the birth of Jesus and to just be in his presence and to thank him for coming down for you. But I want to end with Mary. Parenthood is, is wonderful, isn't it? And that's one of the things we celebrate this morning as we have a baptism, the gift that children are to us. Being the mother of Jesus must have been both an enormous privilege and a really painful thing at times. And this poor young woman, having travelled on foot, on a donkey, we don't know, but she certainly travelled a long way to comply with the census regulations and she gets to the city and goes into labour and has a baby when she's not even in her own home. That must have been quite something. Bewildering, actually. Not in a nice hospital with hot water or anything like that. Um, and then the shepherds turn up and they say when she's feeling shattered and maybe a bit vulnerable, we've just seen these angels and they've told us to come and find you and your child. What a privilege. And Mary treasured that and thought about it. Just finally, I'd like you to give some thought to what has God said to you personally that might be very private, and I'm not going to ask you to share it with anyone over coffee, but have you had with God that have been very precious to you personally when you've known yourself to be loved and affirmed as a child of God 
For Sam, I hope you'll look back today as that time. But for the rest of you, what is that? Just give thanks to God now for the treasure that he's given you. Lord, we thank you that we are precious in your eyes. That's a hard thing for us to get our heads around. That whatever we like, we matter to you and you are crazy about us. Help us, Father, to know you better. Amen.